a young perspective on hot-button issues around the world. This is The Hub. Hello and welcome to The Hub on CGTN. I'm Wang Guan in Beijing. However well-traveled you are, chances are the Eastern European state of Moldova might not have been ticked off your list. Having a very unique location situated in between Romania and Ukraine, Moldova has a very important role to play strategically and politically. Now, in light of the war in Ukraine, how does Moldova position itself? And how is the country planning to enhance its partnership with China? Our guest today is Vladimir Bolia. He's the Deputy Prime Minister of Moldova. He's also the Minister of Agriculture and Food Industries. Here's my conversation with him. All right, Deputy Prime Minister Bolia, um, we want to welcome you to Beijing, China, and welcome to the Hub on CGTN. Greetings. I'm delighted to be here, and I appreciate the invitation. We're marking the 31st anniversary of the diplomatic relations between China and Moldova. In your opinion, what are the highlights of bilateral cooperation, especially in the food and agriculture sector? Indeed, we are very pleased to see that since 1992, Moldova and China have developed friendly relations in the diplomatic, economic and social spheres. There are many cooperative projects between the two countries. Talking about the agricultural sector, I will be meeting with the Chinese Minister of Agriculture, and I think our cooperation in this area will enter a new stage. We know China has achieved many successes in the agricultural sector, such as intensive agriculture, energy conservation, the construction of grain storage facilities, and the livestock industry. China has a lot of successful experience in agricultural technology and seed cultivation, so we are interested in having more Moldovan and Chinese research companies connecting and cooperating. There is broad space for agricultural cooperation between the two countries. Any concrete deliverables we can expect from your trip? First of all, I would like to say that Moldova is willing to turn to pragmatic cooperation following meetings between the heads of our ministries. We have the Chamber of Commerce and Industry of Moldova, and China has the Chamber of International Commerce. We have the Moldovan Embassy in China, and China has its embassy in Moldova. We hope to establish a pragmatic cooperation center with the backing of these organizations to support the development of relations between the economic entities of the two sides. After discussions at the political level, related companies at the economic level should begin to establish connections and initiate dialogue. We understand that bilateral trade increased by 3-4% year-on-year, which is remarkable uh, considering COVID and other factors. Um, do you see complementarity when it comes to agricultural and trade uh, cooperation between our two countries? Because agriculture is crucially important for China and for your country. Yes, the trade volume between the two countries is indeed increasing, but not as much as expected. I think trade growth should be higher, which is in the common interest of Chinese and Moldovan companies and people. Many Chinese people and businesses have raised proposals for Moldova, and Moldovan companies are also willing to expand the current scope of cooperation. I have said repeatedly that both sides should engage in dialogue for mutual benefits, so we are very 
very interested in starting dialogue between the economic entities because it is they who are conducting the business activities, not the countries. Uh, we have a, a set of numbers here um, that I want to share with you. You should know this better than I do. Agriculture accounts for 10% of Moldova's GDP. Um, at some point in the 90s, it was even 20%. To put that in perspective, it accounts for only 5.4% of America's GDP and 1.4% of the European Union's GDP. Um, just how important is the agriculture sector, which you oversee in your country? And um, really, what are, the, what are the potentials for cooperation in this regard with China? The 10% figure merely represents the share of agricultural raw materials. If you include the food processing sector, agriculture accounts for 24% of our GDP. That's the share of agriculture and food processing in our economic output. Moldova is an agricultural country, and we regard agriculture as the main direction of national economic development. We are interested in attracting more economic entities from all over the world to invest in the food processing industry in Moldova. We are very interested in the production of processed foods such as pasta, pastry and bread using raw materials from Moldova. Moldova should transition from exporting seeds, corn and raw grain to exporting manufactured food products. Therefore, we want to propose to the Chinese Minister of Agriculture to encourage more Chinese companies that are interested and experienced in this area to come to Moldova and invest here. Minister Balia, we're marking the 10th anniversary of the Belt and Road Initiative, first proposed by the Chinese President Xi Jinping in Astana, Kazakhstan. Ten years on, how do you look at this initiative and uh, are there any projects in your country that is making a difference? We think highly of the Belt and Road Initiative. We are aware that it was launched in 2013 and we believe is very meaningful as it connects many countries. It's regrettable that some projects are yet to be completed. However, when they are eventually completed, I think there will be more cooperation in the economic, cultural and tourism sectors among the countries and economic entities covered by the initiative. Most importantly, it will naturally improve relations among these countries. It's a great initiative and we need to support and develop it. There was this uh, 2019 project uh, to build a 300-kilometer ring road in your country's capital. Of course, due to COVID and other reasons, it got delayed a couple of times. Uh, what's the latest regarding that project? Building roads is always a good thing. Moldova is a small country and road transport is the main way our goods move, including agricultural products. That's why I have always compared roads to the arteries of the human body that carry oxygen to various parts of the body through blood circulation, just as the economy operates through transport arteries. Therefore, roads are crucial to all economies, including including Moldova. Even as a landlocked country, Moldova has a well-developed network of rivers and streams all draining south to the Black Sea. And with most of its territory lying between the Dniester and Prut rivers, 
Moldova is highly forested with fertile soil and moderate climate, thus yielding various agricultural products, including grapes, winter wheat, corn, and dairy. Meet the largest wine cellar in the world. According to the Guinness Book of Records, the Moldovan wine collection ranks first in scale with almost two million bottles of wine. In 2019, a 10-kilometer race took place right here in this record-breaking cellar. Among other things, wine and grape take a significant share in Moldova's exports to China, exceeding 5.7 million U.S. dollars in 2022. And China has been one of the fastest-growing markets for Moldovan wine. What is it about the Moldovan wine that made it stand out? What made it different from wines in the region and around the world. We are looking forward to China showing increased interest in Moldovan red wine. Moldovan wine is really of exceptional quality. In 2022, there were 210 wine manufacturing companies in Moldova. Our wine has won more than 5,000 medals in international and European competitions, including over 500 goals. This speaks volumes about the excellent quality and an exquisite taste of our wine. We hope that following this meeting, our bilateral economic cooperation in this field will enter a new phase of development. We are also very interested in exporting other products. Some agricultural products that China imports from other countries are also cultivated excellently in Moldova. We are very keen on exporting cherries, which are of superior quality as well as plums and dried plums. So, there are many agricultural products that we can collaborate on with our Chinese partners. You were telling me about the ecosystem of how to produce great wine. Um, tell us a bit about that. I'm glad to tell you that in Moldova, wine is a part of our lifestyle and culture. It has been deeply woven into the fabrics of Moldovan life. For centuries, we have been growing grapes. Particularly in rural areas, people view it as a part of their families, a living entity. For instance, in early spring, when the grape vines start growing, water seeps out of them. This is a natural phenomenon, but we Moldovans say the grapevine is crying. We believe wine is alive, it is breathing. Wine indeed has a life of its own because its taste largely depends on the land on which the grapes grow, the quality of the water and the sunlight. These three natural resources cannot be fabricated or altered, and they determine the ultimate taste of the wine. The salt content in Moldovan land and water is very different from other regions. In autumn, when the grapes are ripe, we have very warm days and extremely cold nights. This causes chemical changes within the grapes, forming unique sugar content and fruit color. We realize that the taste of grapes is not uniform. In the drier years, the grapes tend to be sweeter, and in the years with more rainfall, they are not as sweet. That is to say, grapes are so full of life that their taste cannot be replicated.
Talking about wine production technology in Moldova, we now can produce large amounts of grapes from one hectare of vineyard or one region and then bottle them. We can produce 30,000 bottles of wine from one plot and the wine cannot be replicated. It is not only a wine of excellent quality, but most importantly, it is alive. I always say, in Moldova, we have learned to bottle the sun. I invite you to one of our wine exhibitions where you can see our white wine that looks like the sun. Yes, like liquid sun. We have learned to bottle the sun. It's the first time I've heard anything like this, that wine has a soul, has a life, uh, that is an integral part of nature. You know, take um, and treasure whatever is given you by nature and uh, be part of it and respect nature so that да. the, the, the final product would be, would be better that way. Wine should be made by those who love grapes, love their work and love wine. It's a completely different art form. I know many people who make wine and grow grapes. I was born in a village in southern Moldova, surrounded by vineyards. I grew up among grapes and I remember how to plant them and take care of them. It's a unique kind of relationship. When you open a bottle of wine, you should let it breathe first. In Moldova, we say, let the wine breathe first. The wine needs to adapt, there's no rush to drink it right away. So, our bond with wine is a relationship that is different from other cultures, is another culture that radiates beauty. It's not just a science, but an art. Yes, it's a science based on culture. It is a science and an art. No. Yes. Very good. I'm educated. And also, I know that you're attending this 2023 International Conference on Wine and uh, Grape Industries. Uh, other than, of course, wine, uh, what else do you hope to achieve by visiting and attending this conference? First, as I said, we hope to build a bridge of economic development between China and Moldova and to build direct connections. We hope that businesses from both countries not only establish connections but also collaborate actively. Official exchanges are crucial, a necessity everywhere, especially when addressing issues such as advanced payments to Moldova and Chinese institutions discussing the safety of food on the tables of the Chinese people. We hope that they can work together, streamlining the process of exporting Chinese products to Moldova and vice versa. This will be beneficial for the people of both countries and it will make work more convenient for the business community. So we have a keen interest to establish economic connections and I am confident that my visit will be successful because otherwise the Belt and Road Initiative proposed by China in 2013 would lose meaning. The things I'm discussing now, as well as the direction I will work towards with the Chinese Minister of Agriculture, are also integral parts of the Belt and Road Initiative. As the Deputy Prime Minister, also Minister of Agriculture, how do you look at China's experience in securing food for its 1.4 billion people, lifting 800 million people out of poverty in the span of just 40 years, resolving the issue of feeding such a big population. How do you look at all this? And it's really China's path towards modernization with resolving the food issue at its core. Uh, no, it, uh,
This is impressive and a great achievement. It shows that Chinese agricultural technology is very advanced, and we are highly interested in learning from the experience of Chinese scientists as we intend to transition from extensive agriculture to intensive agriculture. Moldova is able to meet its own food needs. About 65% to 70% of our food production is for export. We have a small population, and we have the land for production, but we also help to increase productivity. China's achievements demonstrate its high productivity. We hope to learn from Chinese experts in this area, share experience, and find areas of focus to improve productivity. In short, China has many aspects worth studying and learning from. Deputy Prime Minister Vladimir Bolia, thank you so much for this interview. Спасибо вам большое за приглашение. Thank you very much for the invitation. Focus, focus on what's relevant in China and the world. Bridge the bridge the gap between what you know and what you want to know. This is the hub. As the world emerges from the pandemic, many cities are exploring new opportunities to revitalize their economies and strengthen their connections with global partners. For Sopran, a city located in western Hungary near the border with Austria, China has been an important contributor. And as Hungary's involvement in the Belt and Road Initiative grows, how will the city benefit from China-Hungary cooperation? To answer these questions and more, we're honored to have Dr. Ciprian Farkas, the mayor of Sopran, joining us today. Dr. Ciprian Farkas, mayor of Sopran, Hungary, welcome to CGTN. It's so good to have you. Uh, I must say I'm a little envious right now, uh, looking at the background behind you. What a beautiful alleyway. Uh, tell us about, about your city. I mean, Sopran is among the 30 most beautiful towns in Europe. It's also called the town of loyalty and freedom. Um, what is the story behind Sopran getting that reputation? Sopron egy középváros Magyarországon, 60 ezer ember lakja, az osztrák határtól három kilométerre fekszik. Sopron is a medium-sized town in Hungary with 60,000 inhabitants and only three kilometers far from the Austrian border. We're talking about a city with very long historical background and also the second town in terms of listed monuments in Hungary. The reason of why we won the title of the most loyal city is that due to the peace treaties after World War I, this city could have belonged to Austria, according to the great power's aspirations. However, when Austrian soldiers came to Sopron to take possession of the city due to the treaty, the brave Sopranians grabbed the weapons and initiated an uprising. Thereby, the citizens of Sopron could decide which country they would like to belong to during the referendum in 1921. This was the first referendum in Hungarian history when the people of Sopron decided the city should belong to Hungary. They are loyal to their country and believe in their country. That's why Sopron has the title of the most loyal city and also the honorable title of Civitas Fidelissima. Here in Sopron, we are very proud of it, and every Hungarian knows Sopron as the most loyal city in our country. Mayor Farkas, let's talk about municipal level cooperation. I know that uh, Sopran and Yichang city in central China 
have a sister city program. Um, what's your plan for the future when it comes to engaging with Yichang and more Chinese cities? We subscribed a cooperation agreement with Yichang years ago. However, due to the COVID pandemic and currently the Russian-Ukrainian crisis does upset the mood in Europe, we were prevented from the possibility of this cooperation being established. But we're still open to negotiate with our Chinese partners. We believe that we can successfully cooperate in the fields of education and tourism with Yichang or other Chinese cities. Exactly. Last year, middle school students from two provinces in China, as well as those county in Hungary, namely Agor, Masan, and Sopran uh, took part in an art competition. Can you tell us more about that? How did they go? The cooperation at the level of middle school is great, and we take great pride in it and support it. Jair, Mawson, Sopran County, where Sopran City is located, is the sister county of Hubei province. At the heart of Jair Mawson Sopran is Sopran, and of Hubei province is Wuhan. I think there are great potentials in cooperation regarding tourism. Regarding education, there is a great university of wood and forestry science here in Sopran. This is the one and only university where the students can graduate as wood or forestry engineer. I think in terms of higher education, this is the best field of cooperation with the Chinese universities or companies which we from Sopran support with all our means. So Mayor Farkas, you've been to China, I've heard you were in Wuhan, China many years ago. How did China impress you? It was in June 2016 when I spent a week in Wuhan. It was an invitation of our sister province, Hubei province. I had never been to China, not even to Asia prior to that trip. And as an European, that was an amazing experience I gained in Wuhan. The development, the powers, the strength, and the cultural milieu in which the Chinese people living their everyday life was quite impressive. China was a great miracle for us. I am convinced that it is a fantastic country, and the power of the country is visible in every part of it. The culture of China is fantastic. They showed us old buildings and monuments. I greatly appreciate Chinese cuisines as well. Mayor Farkas, looking at our world today, even from your perspective, from a mayor's perspective, it is very complex, it is very tense. Um, you know, if you look at uh, not far from your country, there's a war going on between Russia and Ukraine. There are confrontation and conflicts in many parts of the world. What would be your vision for, you know, the future of the world and especially what role do you think cities like Sopran and Yichang and Sopran and other cities can play? Uh, in bringing about more peace, more development and more growth, instead of more war and more conflict. In 2023, we enter the age of dangers. This year, 2023 means challenges for all of us, especially challenges that we may not be aware of. Ukraine is the eastern neighbor of Hungary, and the Russia-Ukraine war is only merely a regional war. In fact, this is a war of the world which we are talking about now. The Hungarians' defined goal is to remain outside of this war. The parties have to start peace negotiations immediately with each other. They have to sit down and negotiate because people are dying on the front, both Ukrainians and Russians. 
there is substantial Hungarian community in Ukraine. When we Hungarians say we all need peace, it also means the protection of them, which is an important goal for us. On the other hand, we're convinced that Europe is losing greatly every day as the war goes on, losing a lot. The failed policy of European Union means the EU tries to exercise sanctions over the Russians, whereas the Europeans are paying the economic price through skyrocketing energies, prices, and war-triggered inflation. Mayor Farkas, we know that Hungary was actually among the first European countries to join the Belt and Road Initiative in 2015. How are you looking at this Chinese initiative? Is there in any way uh, the city of Sopran is feeling the impact of this initiative? We attach great hopes to the Belt and Road Initiative because the flow of goods from east to west means great potential for us as well in Sopron. Sopron can be reached via rail as well as via highway from the center of the country, Budapest. And because of its favorable situation, since we have a railroad container terminal and we are of proximity of Vienna and Vienna International Airport, I believe that Sopron has great potentials in logistics. So we have great hopes in this. We expect Chinese partners' presence and cooperation in this field as well. We can provide every support to Chinese partners if they would like to conduct economic activities in our area. Mayor Farkas, I want to ask you about uh, the China's role in the world. I know you're uh, the mayor of Farkas. You're not going to speak on behalf of Hungary, which is uh, in the domain of the Hungarian Foreign Ministry. But from your personal perspective, how are you looking at China's many initiatives uh, in the world these days, from the Global uh, Security Initiative, Global Development Initiative, Global Civilizations Initiative, to the Belt and Road Initiative? Uh, really, how do you look at China's role in the world? In terms of Hungary, China is a crucial partner. For instance, in 2020, China was Hungary's number one foreign investor. I think China's role in the world means that everyone needs to be aware of China's potential. It is good and rewarding to participate to cooperate with China, because there is substantial production capacity in China, which makes China an inevitable partner for everyone. On the other hand, let me revert to the question of knowledge of Chinese culture. Both its diversity and versatility make China a desirable partner for every country. It could be rewarding in every aspect. So Mayor Farkas, for many years, China proposed building a community with a shared future for mankind. What's your understanding of this Chinese initiative, building a shared future for mankind? This is a great initiative. I think it is an unavoidable initiative factor for all of the countries that merits attention in the world. In my opinion, those progressive, developing countries that feel responsible for living a sustainable future to mankind forever should join this initiative. I think it would be fair to say that many Chinese would be already tempted by the background behind you, the alleyway that is uh, quintessential Hungarian, I would assume. Thank you so much, Mayor Fargus, for joining us in this program, and thank you for your time. Thank you for the opportunity. Now, thank you so much for tuning in this episode of The Hub on CGTN. I'm Wang Guan in Beijing. I'll see you again next time.